and welcome to the DEI India podcast where we dissect the Indian workspace from a diversity and inclusion lens and talk about building an equitable workplace. This is your host Yashi and I lead the diversity hiring practice at Lakshman Resources, the knowledge partner for this podcast. Today we're joined by Rahul who's a director at Google. He is an angel investor and advisor. He co-founded Google Spark. which is a digital marketing growth volunteer effort at Google to support startups, NGOs and government departments. Rahul has lived experience as a parent to a neurodivergent child and is a strong ally. I am super keen on this conversation to unfold Rahul. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you Ashi, glad to be here. Thanks for what you're doing. Uh, efforts like yours unite the community and kind of enable people to see themselves in a different light, see their friends in a different light. So thank you for your efforts. That's really kind of you Rahul. In fact, we'd love to know more about you and your journey so far. No uh, sure. Uh, so I grew up in Chandigarh. Uh, still love the place even though it's been 20 years I left it. Uh, uh, it's a great place to uh, be as a child. My dad worked for the government. My mom mom was a homemaker. I have a younger sister. So a very simple childhood uh, with similar aspirations of going to a big city or a bigger country or something like that. I studied uh, uh, in pretty good schools. Um, was always blessed with great teachers uh, who were fond of me so so it was easy in that sense i also uh, studied uh, computer science at my bachelor's level and since uh, graduating out of computer science from punjab engineering college in chandigarh then i moved out and i have lived in many different uh, cities in india also had a chance to live in australia and been with google in india for the last uh, about 10 years now That's super interesting rahul i'd love to know about what neurodiversity means to you owing to our theme of discussion today yeah absolutely and you know this is uh, it's been a journey for me in terms of understanding neurodiversity myself so this is my definition it is no not an official definition but the way i see it is that you know we are all products of nature nature by definition loves diversity right if you look at the kinds of plants not not all plants are the same the animals the even landscapes even planetary bodies etc so similarly as one creation of the same nature as human beings uh, we are also quite diverse now of course some diversity is visible uh, so whether it is you know body shape skin colors hair or no hair you get the idea but neurodiversity is diversity at the neurological level which if i was to grossly simplify it is you know maybe the way our brains are wired is not all the same the so what of that tends to be therefore the way we perceive information is not all the same the way we react to stimuli is not all the same and that is great it's not a good thing or a bad thing it is just a thing it is the way nature designed so many of us so i i feel uh, neurodiversity is realizing and recognizing that individuals are different at a neurological level and respecting nurturing and caring for them uh, the way they are so which that means is that if some individual processes light differently right they may need a dimmer light environment versus what everybody else is able to cope then providing them that if somebody uh, uh, processes sound stimuli differently and then maybe some noise environment is very noisy for them so enabling them to cope with that well and same with other stimuli and then also the combinations of stimuli etc so for example all of us may not process information equally i'm sure we've seen that some of us do better with auditory information some of us do better with written information right some of us learn in uh, experiential ways some of us learn by somebody teaching and so on. so all of this i would club under the rahul's definition of uh, neurodiversity which is diversity at the neurological level and it 
manifests itself in such beautiful vast number of different ways that i would ad- advocate for everybody to learn what neurodiversity is i can guarantee that any effort spent into learning about neurodiversity will make the individual's life richer right which is basically you know also an extension to what you're saying is that uh, there is no one size fits all formula to learning and just you know going on um, with our day to day tasks probably right right so uh, rahul i have a question here for you so you know you mentioned that uh, your child is on the uh, spectrum of autism and uh, a lot of people might not understand what autism is and you know how did you come to learn um, you know about autism and as well as you know how has your journey been with your child so far no 100% let me start a little bit uh, uh, many years before the child was born so i mean in my own growing up years uh, i've certainly felt different than the rest of my classmates many many times right so some things that may come very obviously to me uh, did not to my classmates and the and vice versa so i did feel that hey maybe there is something different about me but i did not have the vocabulary my parents didn't have the vocabulary uh, of this neurodivergence uh, and thanks to i think uh, judy singer who actually brought uh, this terminology to the to the world so uh, my journey in learning about this more formally started uh, when my child was about 2 years old and you know in a uh, general consult with their pediatrician uh they did flag that the child may be at the risk of autism spectrum and uh, i might have come across the term but honestly i did not really understand what it is so therein began a long arduous but eventually clarifying and relieving journey of understanding what autism is what are the other conditions therefore what the umbrella term of neurodivergence is and how does neurodivergence compare to most of the population which would classify as neurotypical uh, and so on so to answer your question on uh, autism it is also not one thing but it is like a spectrum of uh, uh, capabilities and differences for example for my child i think sometimes um, you know it, it, their strengths are more in the visual spatial environment uh, so you know things on visual spatial uh, decoding come more naturally to my boy uh, but whereas you know he also has an accompanying condition of apraxia so uh, at at about 8 years age also you know he has a lot of thoughts but he's not able to verbally express them right uh, some other child with uh, or, or on the autism spectrum or better called as an autistic individual uh, you know they may manifest their conditions a, dif- a bit differently there's a lot of misinformation also i think i don't believe that what is commonly said that autistic individuals prefer to be alone i don't think they prefer to be alone every human being uh, longs for company and love but they may express the desire for such company and love a bit differently than others so i'd say that to simply understand uh, autism is about that this an, an autistic individual processes information differently than most of us so i would say that approaching an autistic individual with curiosity and compassion and love is probably the best way to understand as they say yashi that uh, if you met one person uh, with autism or on the autism spectrum or autistic you met one person which means that even two people with the same diagnosis um, of autism spectrum uh, condition or autism spectrum disorder are not the same therefore it's a spectrum of spectrums but uh, I, i say it's so beautiful right because it is nature's vast uh, diversity expressed through human beings right all and you know that's uh, coming drawing that from uh, you know more of a work perspective of what i'm thinking at this point is how do we really create you know a work environment that supports the needs of uh, neurodivergent individuals uh, including you know people on the autistic uh, spectrum yeah. as well as uh, you know other individuals so yeah i think my approach is a bit basic uh, yashi is that i think the awareness uh, with 
understanding what autism is or other conditions like ADHD, right? Or somebody may have dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, which is, uh, you know, ability or uh, different abilities in understanding math or writing and so on and so forth. Uh, I'd say that these are likely just triggers mm -hmm. to become a peer, become a manager, become a leader who understands the individual for their individuality, right? Uh, these are differences at the neurological level. Then somebody may have other differences on how they identify with their gender. Uh, you know, there may be socioeconomic and so on and so forth. So I'd say that study of neurodiversity should lead us to tweaking our approach to just working with the individual as an individual, as opposed to putting them in a box, right? But of course, beyond that, I would say that, you know, uh, neurodivergence or successfully incorporating a neurodivergent uh, friendly atmosphere uh, environment at the workplace does require some accommodations but again i don't want to recommend one size fits all accommodation because no two neurodivergent individuals will also need the same accommodations or they may not even need the same accommodations on two different days right there are good days and bad days for everyone but i'd say that in general uh, it is incumbent upon successful leaders and successful executives and managers who want to excel in the work environment of today in the professional environment of today to spend the effort trying to understand what these terms mean, what are some common ways they manifest, and then work with the individual. Of course, you know, an individual in your team may themselves not know that they are neurodivergent. So it's also not about forcing a neurodivergent vocabulary on them, but you know, just trying to understand from them that, hey, how do you like to receive instruction the best? Is it verbal, written? Um, do you need notice for things? If they need notice for things, we should not surprise them uh, with, with things, right? So, so I, I'd say that there are some commonsensical things one can do but the study of neurodivergence can accelerate our learning of what those commonsensical things are. Right, so managers absolutely, you know, need to kind of uh, notch up and learn a little about the people they are working with. And also, you know, I was having a conversation with a couple of uh, my folks and uh, one of the things that I understand uh, people prefer in terms of making work more flexible would be asynchronized mode of work, right? And this is something that I see has been picking up a lot. And I, I believe people are kind of getting more comfortable and allows uh, folks to kind of do their work when they feel the energy, when there's a dip in energy to kind of, you know, take a step back. Um, can you help, you know, the listeners or us understand a little bit about what that means and how does that work? Yeah, I think uh, these are just good work practices, but I, I feel that especially the pandemic era actually awakened more of us that, hey, day to day, we may be in the same storm, but we are not in the same boat, Right. So what that I would distill to mean now we're in the post pandemic era, but I would still distill it to mean that everybody doesn't show up with the same energy at the same point in time during a day. And I think most industries today can afford to really give a very welcoming work environment if we embrace asynchronous mode of working, right? Asynchronous means that can we minimize the amount of time when two people or more than two people need to be live and available at the same time? And can we work through emails or shared docs, right? Or messages? Uh, must we need a phone call or a video call for everything? Can we simply leave a message for somebody? I, and I think this is just a great way to work because one that enables working with people of all abilities. It enables working with people who operate at different hours of the day, different days of the week, but also globally, right? I mean, I can't imagine any successful enterprise which is just in a regional environment. So this is such a great example of when we kind of try to solve for a minority, it actually benefits the majority also, uh, uh, something which is called the curb cut effect. So I think in trying to understand the needs of the neurodivergent individuals in terms of 
hey, how do you like to receive instruction? How do you like to communicate instruction? What hours of the day do you like to work? In trying to accommodate needs for that minority, I think if we can produce a work environment, it will help everybody. Right. right? Even two neurotypical identifying individuals do not have the same energy at 9:30 a.m. on a Tuesday. Right. So would it not be better if we just were to wire the workplace such that we minimize the time when two people or more than two people need to be available synchronously? And we and you know we're living in the world of technology. Asynchronous is so much more possible now. Uh, I think it is better for the well-being of everyone. Absolutely. And uh, Rahul, I, you know that makes me think. How has your experience with uh, neurodivergence impacted your work life? Yeah. So I think uh, uh, the past six or seven years, as I've made efforts to understand. uh neurodiversity maybe see traits of it in myself though never formally di- diagnosed right. uh it, it's of course helped me understand so many people better it's helped me understand my own family better i think i understand my dad better now uh i understand myself better now i mean i uh, i've always felt so different about myself but uh, the study of neurodivergence hanging out with individuals who have an even more evolved vocabulary or life experiences uh, i'm sure you know your other guest yashi or your yourself i uh, have contributed to my learning in the past there are very wonderful individuals in india and globally who are raising the collective awareness i think it's just enabled me to be a lot more accepting lot more accepting of myself first lot more accepting of people in my family i think it's made me a much much better leader and individual right because now i don't uh, start by judging i start by understanding i start with from a place of curiosity uh, and i think uh, acceptance yashi is so uplifting is so uh, it, it just life becomes so light if you approach everything from a place of curiosity and from a place of acceptance uh, i think uh, i feel like a different individual a different human being uh, ever since i've started to understand neurodivergence and ever since i've started to understand that neurodivergence or any other diversity is nature's design and i am but one of nature's billions of creations so so i think i, I also feel much more in harmony uh with nature or a higher force ever since i've started to come across neurodivergent individuals and started to understand so i do feel it's made me more productive i feel it's made me more accepting of myself absolutely rahul and i think uh, that is the way to move for uh, each one of us you know because there's always constant learning and there's uh, always going to be more people who help us uh, understand ourselves and you know just uh, the life better so what advice would you give to other uh, neurodivergent individuals navigating the workplace because it's you know again uh, from yeah. your team how does that work i think before advice i want to first give virtual hugs to every person who has uh, discovered their neurodivergence or has felt different and have had not yet discovered their neurodivergence folks i know life is not easy right when you are different than the majority there are difficult things that you navigate every day and you constantly doubt yourself right uh, so my first and most important advice is please accept yourself you are a beautiful creation of the nature there is so much talent potential even though it may be latent uh, inside you please start by accepting yourself right because others will also accept you a little bit lesser always than you uh, accept yourself others will always treat you a little bit lesser or a little bit poorly than you treat yourself so i i feel this is a bit of a very common phenomenon i come across with neurodivergent individuals that our self esteem is not the best so i would please urge with uh, uh, urge in the best way i can please start by accepting yourself it's a beautiful world you're a beautiful creation you're a part uh, you know such a beautiful life awaits you so sir first start by accepting yourself once we do that i think 
I would really, really strongly urge people. I, I also hesitatingly accepted uh, this technique that please hang out in groups where there are neurodivergent individuals. It will help us understand ourselves better. It will help us understand, advocate for ourselves and others better. Uh, you know, vocabulary matters. Words matter, right? Uh, and we do not have to navigate anything in our lives alone. So there may be people who are right of us in their journey and there may be people who are left of us in the journey. So just being there for the people left of us, but, you know, seeking the help, support of people to the right of us is also very, very helpful. So do not navigate or traverse the journey alone. I mean, in fact, this podcast is a great example, right? It is there to help uh, empower people. So please tune into, uh, you know, this podcast often, other po podcasts like this often, you know, follow influencers like Yashi, because that will only help us. Third is with number one and number two done, acceptance and belonging uh, taken care of, then let's learn how to advocate uh, for ourselves. Let's learn how to advocate for others. Some people, and I think this is also a characteristic of neurodivergence, some neurodivergent individuals may find it easier to advocate for others than for themselves. So do that. Do what you find easy. Because in advocating for others at your workplace, in ad advocating for other neurodivergent individuals in, where, in the society where you live, in your family, in your neighborhood, you will also be creating circumstances for yourself which are favorable to you. You know, I follow Buddhism, Yashi. There is a quote I really like, which is that when you light a lantern for others, your path is also lit, right? That same applies to neurodivergence also. So if you find it easier to advocate for others, do that. But please also find some courage, find the right techniques, find the right words to advocate for yourself. And then I think, uh, you know, there is uh, finally, I would say, um, you know, we have to be hopeful. Uh, you know, there may be fewer people who have in India and other places identified with their neurodivergence uh, as opposed to the vast majority uh, people who are called neurotypical, but we have to be hopeful. I think cynicism does not help anyone and certainly doesn't help uh, our minority. So if you want to find energy, if you want to find belonging, go back to your community, but come back to the real world with energy and enthusiasm, right? Energy, enthusiasm and embrace are needed. Cynicism is not going to help us. That's uh, beautiful advice, Rahul, and uh, thank you for the shout out. Uh, I am also thinking what would be your advice for managers, you know, and people who are uh, sitting at, you know, managerial positions, CXOs, and just team leaders who can actually help, you know, make impact and just uh, make everybody feel more included. Right. So I have always believed, Yashi, that the role of a leader is to lead, right? And the role of a leader is to be a leader for, become a leader that their people need, Right. And given the incidence rates for neurodivergence, of course, you know, official data are all, also all, almost never uh, accurate. My own assessment says that about, you know, 10, 12% of the world experiences neurodivergence of some kind, right? Autism alone, my own uh, research and uh, hypothesis formulation of the past few years says that about 2 to 3% of the world's population may be autistic you know, larger numbers for ADHD, some other numbers for dyslexia and so on and so forth. So if we add it all up, I think easily 10 to 12% of the world's population would identify as neurodivergent. This is not a small number to be ignored. So I would say any leader uh, wishing to become a leader of the modern age, a leader of a global workforce, cannot afford to be ignorant about uh, what neurodivergence is and how to be a good leader to neurodivergent individuals. I would say as a bonus, and this is, I've always believed that they say that necessity is the mother of invention or father of invention, whatever you want to say. But I actually believe accessibility is the mother of invention. If we solve for making the workplace accessible for a minority, we actually become a much better leader for the majority also, right? Given a neurotypical individual uh, uh, in our teams, 
if we also have a neurodiverse we will be a better leader manager for neurotypical and neurodiverse versus if you have only neurotypical so i'd say that uh, you know listen we are in the era of automation a lot of people are wondering about what's going to happen to their careers i'd say that machines may never uh, be able to become empathetic leaders and human beings can so uh, the easiest way to become empathetic is to equip yourself with the knowledge of how to be a great leader for every person on your team especially the neurodivergent individuals believe you me you'll become a better partner if you are on the journey to parenthood or if you are parent you'll become a better parent you'll become a better member of the society in addition to becoming a great leader for all your people uh, in fact i totally agree with you rahul in uh, you know one of these days very recently i was reading this report as well what you mentioned is uh, quite you know a percentage at least to if we have to statistically uh, try and look at the numbers and this deloitte report uh, you know it estimates about 20% of uh, us are on the spectrum of you know neurodivergence and absolutely also understand that uh, it's a gray scale so it would be a lot more than you know how it is estimated so um a question that kind of pops up to me at this point is uh, you know how would you how do you see inclusion happening at the workplaces are you optimistic do you think things have changed in the last couple of years and how do you see where where we are going right i think it's an important question um, i always choose to approach these topics with optimism and hope yashi because a lack of optimism and hope can be very draining uh, you know these are of course large changes at a societal scale they will not happen overnight but i am very very hopeful i i wrote on linkedin a few uh, months ago that especially about india i am very bullish uh, on topics like inclusion and let me give you one or two examples right uh, i remember i'm old enough to remember that when women in the workforce was not a uh, not a large percentage even today india doesn't fare that well but i think we are probably at somewhere about 20 to 25% aggregate and maybe there might be some industries where we are higher in terms of women participation in the workforce right, right? Uh, but can you believe that in india there is a government mandated law that women who want to start families they will be given a 26 weeks of maternity leave right such a law does not even exist in the united states today which has had women workforce participation for maybe a century now so this is an example of a phenomena i call leapfrogging that i think indian society has the resilience now i don't know what the reason is maybe because we are very old civilization maybe we are very uh, culturally uh, rich civilization but i think i've seen this peculiar resilience peculiar ability to leapfrog from being very backward on a topic to being almost the world's uh, you know uh, leading on a topic now I, i spoke about maternity leaves uh, let's say even on the topic of telecom costs right 20 25 years ago we didn't have mobile phones it was a thing that very few rich people possessed but now there are more than a billion users of uh, mobile phones and that's all happened in 20 25 years another example of leapfrogging so i actually choose to be hopeful and optimistic that on the topic of embracing neurodiversity also we will leapfrog and i'll give you an example on this topic itself it's only a few years ago that there were non speaking individuals in the us and other countries who actually you know wrote some books with use devices using devices like aac and so on but can you now believe that a book called talking fingers was published in india last year which is a compilation of some 15 or 16 uh, individuals who are non speaking that book got published in india in years versus it happening in decades in the us right so even on this topic i think creators like yourself there are many other folks i want to especially give a shout out to much much spectrum uh, and there's another publisher called bookania there may be many others my i myself not aware of many 
parents, many siblings, many self-advocates, uh, many allies, many great workplaces, many leaders in those workplaces. I think the ecosystem is churning. It's a great flywheel. And I would urge everybody sincerely to contribute to the positive energy of the flywheel. And, you know, let's make India in the next, let's say by 2030, a place where neurodivergence is accepted the most in the world and is understood the most in the world. It can happen if we contribute towards it. If we stay uh, skeptical or cynical, it is not going to happen. So will India be that place? It depends on what Indians want. And uh, we would strive to make that happen, Rahul. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It's been uh, super amazing, you know, learning from you. And I hope our audience would have enjoyed this conversation as well. Uh, we end on a super high note. And uh, thank you so much for joining us again. Have a lovely day ahead. You too. And thank you for creating this forum. Thanks, Rahul. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed listening. Check out our other episodes as well in the series. Connect with us at www.lakshhr.com. This is your host Yashi signing off. Until next time.